This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, I am going to talk about why your husband does not respond to physical affection changes. And the reason may be because it is still nowhere near the threshold for physical affection that would be what he wants. And before we get to that, uh, I should tell you to subscribe. I have lots of subscriber episodes. The most recent one was what if you and your partner have different ideas about retirement and empty nester years. And if you want to learn about that, which is a fairly common issue that I see, and uh, about 80 other episodes close to it at this point, then please do subscribe. So what we are going to be talking about is this idea that women have that if their husbands want more physical affection and they increase it by a little bit and they don't see any concurrent increase in marital happiness overall, then they assume that the guy is just bullshitting and he's never happy. And the reason that this is inaccurate is my favorite analogy on this is what if you gave your kid penicillin to cure an ear infection and you just gave them like a quarter of the recommended dose. And then you were like, this is just a bunch of bullshit. Penicillin doesn't work. This is a conspiracy theory. No, it's not. You're just not giving any sort of, you know, actual level that could possibly work. And this is really the same in terms of what I see. And here's um, an analogy that you might like more. What if you told your husband that you want him to be more romantic and he scheduled one date night per year, you know, or one date night a month, you know? I mean, would you really think that that was cutting it? Probably not, you know, or whatever your love language is. If it's acts of service and you want him to do more chores, what if he just did one more load of laundry and he said, well, look at her. She's never happy. You would be extremely frustrated because you would say whatever you're doing is not at any sort of level that it could possibly change our dynamic. So if you are in this situation and you think that you have disproven your husband's um, need or correlation between intimacy and happiness because you've tried to have sex with him one more time per week, I mean, that probably 10 minute encounter is 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 really not going to to do anything and instead it it's kind of a very uh close-minded and cold approach to marriage so marital transformation is difficult and it's very hard to change a habituated pattern and and dynamic but they can be changed. Marriages can be changed. It's not going to be from incremental, grudging, tiny changes. It's going to be from big, grand gestures and epiphanies, such as if you wanted your husband to be more romantic and he wrote you a love letter every day, or you wanted him to be more, uh, do more chores and he took over doing the laundry entirely, 
or if you wanted him to buy you more gifts and he got you like a little gift every week or whatever. So it wouldn't be just him doing it like a little bit more grudgingly in a way that is designed to kind of just do the bare minimum. And it's the exact same thing with intimacy. You know, like if you want to actually transform your marriage and actually see how it would be if you were in what your husband wants. And of course, if you're the higher libido female partner, then just switch the genders. I just do it based on what I know, which is that men are more frequently in the situation of being the one who is begging for physical affection. But some women are, as I say, it's like a third, two thirds of what I see. It's probably, you know, a little bit less like that in in the world. It's probably even more men than women from what I don't see because women seem to find me particularly well-suited to talk to about sex problems, right? Because I talk about them all the time. But um, either way, you could just switch the genders in any of my podcasts if you'd like. If it's more relevant that way, feel free. But the the, the point here is that nobody's going to get anywhere from just doing like a little tiny bit more intimacy, grudgingly rolling your eyes, basically implying that it's not going to change anything. That isn't what's going to happen. Like the people that want more intimacy, they want like a, a sea change. They want touching a lot and casual touching, intimate touching, um, like a, a whole different feeling like a warm, open, loving feeling in the home and between the couple. This is where you should be applying your efforts, not to one more time of some form of touching per week. That really isn't going to do anything good, you know, and if anything, the husband will, will just become completely disillusioned with the marriage. Like, well, wow, I mean, with this as her best effort, then really we shouldn't be together. And honestly, he could be right. Like if that's all that you can get yourself to is a tiny little bit more intimacy, then perhaps you're really not compatible. And that is not that that is not a failure for two people to realize that they're ultimately not compatible on a deep issue. That is not somewhere where a person has to be blamed or another person has to be blamed. That could just be seen as we just do not work as a couple and we will continue to make one another extraordinarily upset until one day we separate anyway, you know, or for the rest of our lives, depending on what we saw growing up. If we both saw miserable parents, then we'll probably just stay together, glued together in marital disharmony. And believe me, that doesn't help anybody. So the point here is to really think about the spirit of the law, not the letter of the law. When your partner wants more physical intimacy or any other love language, try to do a sea change, like a a whole philosophical paradigm shift from from somebody who says, all right, well, I can only do it once a week because I'm tired to somebody who says, well, is this marriage worth seeing what it would be like for me to truly get outside my comfort zone and be intimate regularly, meaning like close to daily and to touch and to kiss and to hug and whatever. The same exact way as you would want your partner to act about your love language. And if your partner is the one who wants more sex, then you can, you have my full permission to share this podcast with them and to say, here is the thing that I would want you to make a paradigm shift about if I were trying to do that about sex. 
you know, because a lot of men would be thrilled to have that information because they're trying to probably in their way. And if you were like, I consider doing, you know, the two more loads of laundry a week that you're currently doing to be the same as if I were to give you another peck on the lips every week, then that will be an analogy that they understand. And if you said, if you truly take over all of XYZ chores, then that I, I would consider that a grand gesture and I would respond with a grand gesture. Then they may really hear that for the first time. So then you may be asking yourself, what would enough look like? Because if love languages um, are very different, and I just did a little video about how acts of service are, in my mind, the opposite of physical touch. I could do another podcast, a full one about that. But let's say that your love language is acts of service and your husband's is physical touch, right? Then... Um, it's whatever enough would look like for you. You're smart. You can do the analogy of it. You know, my love language is not acts of service, but I had three kids under five. Sorry, I had three kids under three and a half. God, I don't even fucking remember. Um, <laughs> I had three kids under three and a half. And then again, I did have three kids under five as well. But, um, but anyway, at that point, everybody's love language is acts of service. I don't care what your real love language is. It is acts of service when you have that many children and they are that young. So, and, and that, you know, of course, I should probably do podcasts about that too. Love languages can change over time. Um, and acts of service is a big one when you are in any way incapacitated, such as when you're nursing a baby and you have a toddler, you have a preschooler. So um, at that stage, acts of service would have looked like me not having to worry about anything, you know, like literally like me not having to worry about the chores, you know, me doing what, whatever I could do. And then beyond what I could do, I would not have to worry about. It would be magically taken care of. And that is what, um, when there are people who both are into doing chores like, you know, people usually marry like goes to like in second marriages. As I've said, like in my second marriage, I don't have to worry about doing the chores. I do like what I do. Let's say I do the cooking. I don't have to worry then about the cleanup. It happens. It just happens. And so it looks like never having to think about it as a problem, which is possible. You know, that that's actually possible if somebody is doing you know, they're half of the stuff or more when need be. And it just kind of flows. And that's what it would look like for physical touch. You know, like your husband, you may think that he's so obsessed with physical touch, he, nothing would be enough. I'm trying to make the point that, yes, something would be enough. I mean, the man's got a fucking job, right? I mean, like, he's probably 40-something. Do you think he can really have sex all day, every day? How would y'all have food on the table? <laughs> you know, I mean, let's be reasonable. Like, he also have other interests. You got kids. Like, it would literally probably look like daily touching and sex a few times a week where you look happy. You know, like, that's really what it would look like. Just, like, in terms of chores, I don't expect my husband to be, like, building a new shed in the backyard every day, you know, to do like home projects or something. Like I just expect him to clean some shit up, you know, like enough that I never have to be like, can you clean that up? Because we both understand there's a mess that will get cleaned up. You know, that's what it looks like. So, so like, for example, people tell me stories where like an animal doesn't get fed. Like, you know, if, if your pet isn't getting fed, how could it be enough 
why the animal would just get fed, you know, like, that's what it would be, like, literally, like, there, there isn't, like, 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 a woman who wants her husband to take over feeding the dog, right, like, you don't have to feed the dog 10 times a day, you don't have to cook him special food, you just gotta feed him the two times a day that she asks for, and then it will be enough. Now, there are obviously, on, on both sides, there is the equivalent of people for whom nothing is enough, and those people have to work on themselves, so there are people with OCPD that are super, anxious and rigid about chores and no amount of you cleaning and organizing would ever be enough. And there's also sex addicts. There's also genuine sex addicts. Not like, oh my God, my husband's a sex addict. He wants sex twice a week. Not that. People who are watching porn multiple hours a day um, and are obsessed with sex, doing new things constantly, groping you constantly. And I mean, porn is, is, is the big one that can show you if it's a sex addict or not. Somebody who cannot go a day without porn is a sex addict. Um, it, that, that, that's like the truth. You may not like to hear that if you're a man, but hell, you like the rest of the podcast <laughs> where your wife was, um, you know, being entreated to take your perspective. So if you cannot go one day of your life without porn, that's a problem. Just like not being able to go one day without a drink would be a problem. But the, the and, and it's not because she won't have sex with you either. Like if you really need to use porn every single day of your life, then that is a problem as it would be if you had to do anything, any addictive thing every single day. But the the point is, most people are not sex addicts and most people are not obsessively anxious with OCPD about cleaning. Most people, there is an enough. There really is. But you just haven't gotten to it. So it's very honestly self-congratulatory and self-aggrandizing to tell yourself, oh, it would never be enough for my spouse. They would always have another standard. Only in, in rare cases is this actually true. Usually you just haven't gotten to enough. It would be like an average woman going to a modeling competition, not winning and being like, there was no amount of hot I could have been. Yeah, there was. <laughs> you know, you just weren't it. You know, or, or, or a man doing a, a triathlon being like, you know, there, there was no amount of fast I could have been. Yes, there was. You know, of course there was. So let's be real. Um, and the, the, the point is there isn't enough for most healthy people, anybody within the first standard deviation from the mean of whatever variable and that's likely where you are statistically and your spouse so just try to give so much that they calm down and then really see and if there's no if there truly is no amount of physical touch that would ever make your husband happy then he has some preoccupied attachment possibly sex addiction things and he's got to look in at himself but that's going to go a lot different when you go to a therapist and you say we have sex five times a week I kiss and hug him all the time and he still wants more, man, that therapist is going to be on your side, baby. The, trust me on that. Not that therapists get on a side, but you, you see my point. The therapist is going to be like, well, yes, that certainly does seem like, you know, an active sex life. And so, you know, maybe we need to explore other issues, right? Because you will, in fact, be doing enough. Just like when I'm in session with people and the woman sometimes is like, oh, he doesn't do anything around the house. And I'm like, all right, what does he do around the house? And they both say, oh, he does bedtime, bath time, cooking, cleaning. He picks them up from school. He drops them off. He does this. He does that. He does the other. You know, I'm like, but he is doing stuff around the house. Sounds like he's doing more than you are. So it can't really be the issue, can it? And of course, it's always a deeper issue, often rooted in insecure attachment. So anyhow... 
take this as your pep talk to try to actually do what your spouse actually wants and actually give enough. And in honestly, in a best case scenario, your marriage will improve dramatically. In a worst case scenario, you will be your it will still not be enough, but that's not actually a worst case scenario because then you really have a leg to stand on with couples counseling and getting at the root of the deeper issue. Because if you are giving your husband this wonderful, intimate, touching life, and if you can't do that, by the way, if the idea of being a person who's open to touch more consistently makes you angry, closed off, scared, then then it's likely that there are things going on with you in terms of fear of intimacy, and that needs to be worked on. But if you can really open your heart up and get there, and then your partner still says it's not enough, well, then shit, you know there's other things to work on. All right, and I hope you all got something out of this, and I'll talk to you soon.